I'm coming in from Withy Woods Radio. Welcome to Buckheap Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls and inside this cursor parking forest. It's really nice. <laughs> this is episode 85, Fool's Assassin, chapters 9 through 12, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and I'm a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. Okay, we don't have any corrections, omissions, or announcements, except to say that in our last episode, the Return to the Realm podcast was announced. They actually have an episode up now, so go forth okay. and subscribe. There's, they're very spoilery, so unfortunately I can't listen yet, but in due time. I did listen to their episode zero introduction one, and one of them definitely started with fools of us <laughs> well see yeah <laughs> see there is there's no and... no one ever reads these books correctly it's fine <laughs> well i mean she pointed out that like it does say book one so if you're not paying attention you don't have prior knowledge i can see how people can get confused and two of them have not actually finished the last yeah I, I heard that i was like okay are you gonna though <laughs> I'm sure they will. Like, they've been avoiding it. I'm like, oh, I have a friend like you. All right. Uh, Let's move into mailbag. First up is mail from Rebecca, who says, Hi, guys. I'm writing to you from Oregon. Just finished your latest episode. So excited to hear you go through the final trilogy. I started listening to you in the fall of 2019 after I finished all of Rote for the first time. And I can't believe you're already on the last trilogy. Yeah, we can't either. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wild. Did we start in 2019? We started summer August, 2019, yeah. Like the end of summer. Man. Yeah. We were so young. It was pre-COVID. Was just a little baby. We thought we were going to have other shit to do. and It was going to be so difficult to schedule. Oh my god, thank <laughs> goodness we started this. It was like my one thing I had to look forward to every week, thank god. Yeah, the the only excuse I had to know what day of the week it was. Uh, Rebecca goes on to say, I love listening to all of your imaginings of the realm of the Elderlings theme park. I wish it was real. I can just picture walking down the skill road and all the skill rides in that area of the park and then having lunch in Cook Sarah's Kitchen, venison, pastries, mulled wine before moving on to the Pirate Isles section. I would totally get my face painted like an elderling and stay at the Withywoods Hotel. Oh, sorry, that was me. Uh, I mean, that was just me agreeing with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Checking in Comfort to the Withywoods Hotel. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the Withywoods Hotel. Uh, and also a shout out to Ashley. Um, Rebecca also didn't know who Amber was. So you don't have to. You don't have to. Thank you that. for that validation, Rebecca. Uh, and then Rebecca goes on to give us a heads up about the Snow Baby story. And we got emails from Kath and Kat. 
I was like, I don't, yeah, similar names. Kath and Kat uh, also sent us emails about the same thing, but I had already figured that out by our last episode. But thank you for sending us, sending me in particular, links to the Snow Maiden uh, stories. But I'm still just going to keep calling it Snow Baby so that when you Google it, you get those weird, <laughs> weird silicone dolls from Etsy. I want to, I want to start a snow cone truck where I just sell snow babies and I shape the ice into like little babies and then you only get peach syrup or chocolate if syrup. It's, yeah. If it's a snow cone truck, you'd be the s- snow baby driver. <laughs> <laughs> Or no, not peach. Oh. What is the, what's the brandy that they drink? Apricot. It'll be sorry. Mm. I meant apricot. Apricot. Apricot syrup. Yeah. Apricot brandy ice. Yes. Cones. Yeah. Mm. Horrible. And then chocolate because why not? At Roland. Roland. <laughs> it's our Dole Whip. The Withy Woods Hotel. It's our Dole Whip. Oh God. <laughs> what's but what, Why is it called Roland? Oh my God! Do you know why you're here? Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Are you lost? Yes, I'm in a curse of Bucky (laughs) Fork. Did we did we come up with that during live ship and then only talk about it? Yeah, I don't. I've never heard you guys say "wrote." That I don't know. I thought it was another something else. You've talked about our theme park of the elderly. We've talked about the theme park. Nope, not 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 when I've been part of it. That is, you no, guys have been deep into those four books. You forgot, you forgot everything you were doing before that. We have like a deeply fleshed out theme park, that's, like that's all with thousands cannot, of attractions. What happened in those dragon No, books. I can't. Believe I think you. he's full of shit. I, I don't believe that. Go back and re-listen. In I don't know what you're Think you're yanking our chain. Books. I feel like I'm being gaslighted. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I seriously <laughs> can't. I mean, I, I don't have a great, I famously bad memory, but honestly, I do not recall anything about a theme park. That I was like, Listeners, that was the... can you verify this information <laughs> verify. for us? <laughs> Does anybody remember a good idea that Joey came up with for a theme park? Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to what's happening here. Please defend me. I need help. Also, Joey, do you know the name of the series that we're reading? Yes, it's called the Farseer Saga. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's called this. <laughs> That's <laughs> that's the the crappy uh, the crappy theme park down the road. It's called Fitz. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the Fitz books. No, that's the that's the roller coaster that just breaks all the time. <laughs> the the Fitz. near sea. No, if there's a Fitz roller coaster, at it. one point it has to dip you in water because we're just going to assume you need a bath. You know, you're Fitz. Oh. You can't wear pants on it. I know that much. <laughs> just pantsless wearing a shirt. Um. The good thing is, Joey, at our amusement park, you have the skill set to be in charge of our nightly parade. Wow! Yeah, I guess I do. We More... we need float yeah. ideas for the for the for Roteland. You'll design Joey. all of our floats and balloons. It'll be great. I could probably and also like design it. a roller coaster. Is all I'm saying. Well, get I'm on not it. getting on we that need, particular like, roller, roller coaster, coast... but that can be the fit. <laughs> I didn't say it. Didn't we it. need roller coaster tycoon the uh, Roteland version. Is can could if I purchased Roller Coaster Tycoon, could I Genuinely could I no build? Idea. Is it like Sim City? Could I build my own theme park? Yeah, but how detailed do you get to be? Like, can I like build Roland? The people will come. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of theme park simulators, especially in the like 
2005. But can you build the Paragon ride era. that no? That I want capsizes. like I want to build it and like have some VR where you can like walk through it. That would be so fucking cool. I think that I think you can do like POV stuff in Roller Coaster Tycoon. Isn't there like a like a bunch of videos of shitty roller coasters that don't work that you can ride on? <laughs> Y'all, you get the front seat every on time YouTube. before that. Like they mm-hmm. like the track just ends and you fly off and die. Before Roller, co- roller Coaster Tycoon, the original flavor was Theme Park. Theme Park Roller Coaster. Yeah, it was just called sounds... Theme Park by Bullfrog Productions. PS2. On and it was on well the one i'm referring to was in on 1994 that's when it came out and it was it was great it was it, the graphics were terrible but you could you could make these things i mean all right 16 bit roteland come on it <laughs> um all right now that we have that out of the way very important We've got a, a surprise new point of view, so take us into chapter nine. Um. Well, I mean, right now it's the same old point oh, of I view. Oh, I thought chapter nine was the yeah. Um, chapter nine is it's ten. Chapter ten Fuck. is piece. <laughs> surprise! It's sorry, the same. sorry, Rachel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> chapter nine is called a childhood, which I think is an important distinction from just childhood, which I feel like is the Robin Hood brand of chapter flavor that we usually get and you know a childhood we all remember that or most of it so at the beginning shade writes it is as i feared for young lant he is simply too soft fired him hired a girl child who said she would kill whoever And this chapter feels like a series of strange vignettes in a dream, so I've ordered them accordingly. Vignette number one. Fitz is clinically depressed and anxious because a baby won't look at him. It doesn't take much these days. Molly sometimes breaks down crying because her baby sucks. (laughs) Fitz is... Fitz has no idea what a baby should even look like, but continues to ruminate about how unacceptable it is that a baby doesn't want hugs. Vignette number two. We go through a few years in the span of a paragraph, which is really speedy writing for Hob at the beginning of a book. I guess you could say she's a busy bee. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Bee is five now. She's still small, but she can walk, and she sure is chattering her new teeth everywhere like that guy in Hellraiser. (laughs) Awesome. Vignette number three. The gaslighting didn't end it. You don't know your body and you're not having a baby. Now it's, that baby can't talk. This poor mad woman is having half a conversation with herself and a gurgling infant. Vignette number four. Half visits (laughs) and B goes nuts. Uh Uh-oh, is she going to disappoint her parents by pursuing the arts? (laughs) (laughs) Vignette number five. Nettle comes to visit a lot, and one night, Fitz overhears her crying over Bee's bed, talking to her about how she'll never be the sister she wanted, but Nettle will always care for her. Wow, what a pep talk from the big sis. That's great. (laughs) Vignette number six. (laughs) Fitz also has no expertise with Bee or Bees, because he doesn't know that Bees recognize royalty, Jupiter Ascending 2015. (laughs) 
And while his daughter is covered in them while tending the hives with Molly, Fitz thinks they're eating her. Molly is like, are you simple? <laughs> Vignette number seven. Oops, there goes another year. B is taller now. Why didn't we get an illustration of her height markers on the Withy... Why didn't we get an illustration of her height markers on the Withy Woods doorframe at the beginning of the book? I, for one, would like to Yeah. Because that drawing was really hard to figure Wait, out. Wait, you guys, what's on the cover of your book? Hold on. A uh, picture oh, of him a dust in the wind. <clears throat> oh, yeah, Old Man Fitz. Well, let me look <laughs> at the audiobook here for a second. Are there other cover options that we need to investigate? Mine is beige. I thought you were implying that the cover of your book were the doors to Withywood. And I was like, that's cool. Uh, no, that would be cool. Yeah, Ugh, if they ever do a reprint. crap. Give us the height chart. Who is this no, white yeah, man I just that I'm want, like, at? I'm so Some sorry. stranger. By, uh, the audiobook is uh, just the upper half of Fitz with a uh, double-sided axe. On yeah, the back. white man. This white, this old he's white, a white man. man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's always yep. a white man, yeah. Terrible. Continue. He looks yeah, way older eight. than 35, yeah, by does. the way. He looks like <laughs> 35 on meth. <laughs> <laughs> He looked older than 35 in my drawing, too, but I figured that was because of grief and not taking care of himself, which is always Meth. so. <laughs> <sighs> Vignette number eight. B's hair is braided and she wears leggings. She's finally ready to kill. <laughs> <laughs> vignette number nine. The final vignette. B is heavily breathing over Fitz's manuscript copying. He's teaching her the names of the colors he's using, and she tugs at the page, which Fitz takes to mean she's going to rip the pages of the book out and eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Little did she know, she could get paid to do this at the libraries. We're hiring. We're understaffed. It saves electricity on the paper shredder. Anyway, he gives her paper and inks, and B is quite the little artist, drawing figments of nature like a little pro. Fit skills to shade to place an order for the Rainbow Art Mega Brush Kit, which I'm sure you all remember. Oh, yeah. I never got, I never got to own it, but damn. Lisa Frank. Step aside. So this is the thing where you could <laughs> you could like load a sponge with different colors and then do rainbows. Yeah, and you could reorder the colors, Rachel. Yeah. So you could have any kind of rainbow. Now, if you only wanted to paint in one color, this was not the toy for you because you have to paint in all of the colors. It's a rule. Yes. That's... This this would patience would have loved this. Anyone who knows <laughs> how rainbows work or not rainbows, sponges in particular. <laughs> Sponges. <laughs> Anyone who knows how sponges work looks at this picture and is like, "What is wrong? How how is this? This is going to be like very muddled." Yeah. Very quick. I mean, the blue doesn't even really exist on its own. It's kind of sad. What's your favorite color? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized that in my mind we were about to read the section after this i think mm -hmm. i felt like we were That's much okay. farther ahead in the story because i i'm reading the book like, no, very far here. ahead and my... <laughs> nope we're just we're just sitting here <sighs> trudging through the swamp it's like... how can she be a child for so long this was only a child for like a chapter 
I feel like Fitz was a child for much longer than B. In the, I mean, like in book. He shows time. up at like six. In words, he's already older. Well, we don't get him as an infant. He but hangs he out with Nosy, and that's that. And then he's yeah. an adult. He hangs out with Nosy for a long 15. time, and then suddenly he's like, you know, puberty. Well, how old is he through most of that first book? Is he like he's fifteen? He's fifteen. So he, or 15, he has an yeah. aging montage for like a couple chapters, right? Yeah. I guess that's what this is. <laughs> aging montage. But really, how tall is she? Because when I was trying to do that drawing, I was like, do I make her smaller than the child in the reference picture definitely. or not? I yeah, guess definitely. I, will. So, I mean, at one point he references that she stands like as tall as his hip or something. And that's I not, honestly thought that like, sounded right, kind I of think tall. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's that's one of those bad. people that's think, all torso. I think it was Molly's hip. Molly's hip. Oh, so okay. she's, is she, and Molly's short. She's she eight years shorter. old and she's three feet tall. She's like hobbit sized. Once again, he doesn't know what a baby is supposed to look like. <laughs> so I wonder if she's just growing right. normally. And like Molly's talking about something else. And he's like, our baby's not normal. <laughs> I do like we criticize you know Burrich all the time for comparing people to horses, but like Fitz is like I've seen baby animals. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, baby animals grow up pretty fast. Um, I think that like because B talks about it too later on in my chapter that I mean she's probably significantly shorter than she's supposed to be for nine yeah i mean I she's definitely like nettle, nettle says she looks like a six-year-old at nine okay which is a big deal like when that. you're nine yeah yeah is she still pink or did that did that wear off she's generally a, a pale of pale complexion so she looks like she'd burn easily in the sun probably for sure. So this may be because I've watched this movie about 10,000 times, but you know when E.T. is wandering around Elliot's room? <laughs> uh, and and then he like pulls out the book, and then E.T.'s finger comes around from the other side of the book and is like pointing at things on the book, and he's like saying the words. That's how I uh, pictured B hovering around the desk. Like, just like little <laughs> fingers, just kind of like like pointing, you know, like bush green you know and he's just kind of sliding paper and it's just whisking off the edge of the desk because she's definitely not as tall as the desk it's just little fingers <laughs> i don't know if that's cute or terrifying <laughs> definitely on the terrifying <laughs> scale to me she's chattering her teeth and you know or the video of the deck with all the raccoons underneath it with the hands coming through <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just can't get the picture that chiclet teeth kid out of my out of my mind. Well, the other one. You mean specifically the baby dog if you sent? No, no, they're like you know the chiclet teeth girl with the mullet, and it's like it's like. You're you, describing oh, me at six years old. No, 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 tread no, carefully. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, most little kids have chiclet teeth. Let's be uh, honest. Children's teeth are pretty disturbing. Let's let's put this in the episode notes. <laughs> This is important. 
Do you see it? No. No. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's always... <laughs> oh, no. Oh. People would run screaming, I'm, right? We're, we're getting rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't unsee it. So, do Thank we think you. it's weird that, like, in the last chapter, in our last section, Fitz was like, she's going to be a prodigy. She's going to be the best thing that ever, like, lived on this planet or wherever, back of a turtle, wherever they live. And... Now he's like, she's slow. She can't talk. She's dumb. She's small. Like, why the why the change? I know, and she actually is a prodigy. It's like, what's your problem, dude? I don't know. Well, I think she she was still all possibilities when he was dreaming that. Be he wasn't being entirely realistic at the time, and see, she doesn't exactly display her intelligence to. Yeah, she can't quote unquote talk. So. She can't talk, but she showed herself to be quite the artist, and she could write out her name. And mm. she can communicate, because Molly seems to have no trouble. Yeah, but Molly's crazy, remember? She's old. Right. <laughs> I just wish that he was more interested in her development. He'll get there. Will he? Sort of. <laughs> For like a brief, you know, a few pages. Is any like precocious child like as expected? No, they're always weirdos. <laughs> so he should feel good <laughs> good about Oh my god. <laughs> what did you just do? I can't, I can't no. Stop it. <laughs> I was looking and I'm glad I missed it. Uh. I'm d- I, I'm just gonna drink. <laughs> <That's> <sighs> just sit back, relax, don't worry about it. No vibes, just vibes. Um, was there anything else in this chapter? I don't know. I feel like you did Not a really much. good job recapping a lot of random shit. So good. <laughs> 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 It felt random. She I really do. Never ending quest for the ultimate assassin is still going. Yeah. Uh, I just really loved the visual of Fitz walking past the beehives and this little tiny creature just like covered and just like, yeah. like it's a walking cloud of bees. He can't even see bee under there. It's just all of the bees on top of her. It's like, it's like my girl, but not terrifying and bad. I, I only you thought of Jupiter ascending, up. so. <laughs> so that's why it said what it looked like. I think it's one B in in. I just, I just love that Molly was <laughs> like, B. "Oh, you're helping out," and Fitz is like, "Oh no, she's losing her mind again." <laughs> I, I don't, I don't trust my wife at all. He's he's definitely like ready for like the matrix to glitch or something. He want he wants I I don't know. I feel like he's he's fighting he's <laughs> fighting the the kind of the timeline he's in or something, you know? Like It's like nope, you're all going to die. Everyone's going to die. I'm going to go into the forest and start over. <laughs> oh man, Joey, you're less doing great disturbing work. than the other one. That's an amazing picture, though. Come on, I, 
I it's will pretty accept good. that picture. What song do you hear when you look at that Joey picture? Joey has pasted Light a in picture a of a person <laughs> covered in bees. Playing <laughs> an oboe? What is that? That's a clarinet. It's a clarinet. I don't know if oh, a clarinet God. can play Flight of the Bumblebee. It's a clarinet. It's like the best one. Clarinets are great. Just play clarinet. Like whatever you want to do, like a, a kind of complex sort of heady song. Your de- your description of clarinet is heady. Wow. Yeah. Like a wine. <laughs> it's full bodied. That's. <laughs> I would not describe a clarinet as full bodied at all. Just okay. See, I set up. Luke's just okay. Yeah. I was only in in orchestra, so I didn't have those instruments. They don't have those it's instruments a, it's in a, the orchestra. A noodling Isn't orchestra where all of those instruments are? Yeah. Well, we had orchestra and band, so orchestra was just string instruments. Oh, well, that would be string class. How do you play any of the classics from all... John Williams? <laughs> Tubas. <laughs> You're just listing instruments, you know. <laughs> <laughs> A tuba would be full body. I like I clarinet. See, I was I was in the string orchestra, so I had to play the recorder because we did not play woodwind instruments. But those that played woodwind instruments didn't have to play the recorder. It was a whole thing. Rachel, you have to describe the photo so people know what we're talking I about. I tried already. I she did. Know. I heard her. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. Do you think... Joey, was it you who asked me if she was witted to bees? Yes. Because, okay. of course... Yes, you said. Uh, well, Molly was teasing that she could be in the like earlier book, and I was like, "Oh yeah." But like, she... do you have to be witted to the queen bee, or do you have to be like? Do you have to have like? Is it like a like an? I don't think you get to be witted to an entire hive because I think it's like it's a one singular animal. But they're a but, hive mind. But they're a hive mind. I mean, uh, if you were witted maybe, to what the if queen, you create a network of like witted thoughts. Oh. I mean, that's like saying that if you're witted to a bird, that you're witted to the entire flock. Like, Sounds you're not. You're just awesome. witted to your bird. Well, no, because they're not a hive mind. They're just... They are well, a if bit. you were bonded with the queen, then the queen could direct your commands to the hive. Yeah. Could work. There's, there's a way. There's definitely a way. <clears throat> I don't think that's what's happening, though, so that's sad. It's sad. I think it's fine. I think that, you know, if this was an anime, at some point in the near future, B would have to suit up in the B costume and fight, <laughs> you know, with the, yes. with the power of bees. It's amazing. And powerful. Yeah. I'm ready for that. <laughs> This episode is off the rails. It's not. Yeah. It's not <laughs> We're, we apologize. If this was an anime. We're talking about this still. About the book. Yep. Should we move on to chapter 10? <laughs> it's for Let's the best. Let's do it. <laughs> chapter 10. My own voice. B is writing in her dream journal. Inside of you. There are two wolves. One is running. The other is running. I can't finish the meme. 
This is the dream I love best, says B. These wolves have no kings. All right, the intro's over. Chapter 10 is from B's point of view. <laughs> the change of pace is refreshing, I think. Um, Big Bro Hap has returned from his journeying as a minstrel and has brought a gift for her. A fashionable... Oh, shoot, I need to zoom out. <laughs> a fashionable peak Bingtown outfit, or as... Or Bington, as the audiobook calls it. No. Like it's Downton Abbey Rejected. or something. Yeah, Bington. Boston. American Bington. author, um, American pronunciation. Bington. We can presume that this outfit is fashionable due to their closer proximity to Jamalia. <laughs> Will a fancy outfit make a weird kid popular? Not a chance. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Shunned by the other children at Withy. What is a child of an assassin to do? Spy on them, of course. So she follows them and uh, plays with their shit when they aren't around. Unfortunately, while playing in their hideout, B got tired and took a nap. When she wakes up, she's surrounded by the shitty kids who despise her. Channeling her inner fool, B remarks that this point in time is a crossroads for her. The children took hold of her, and the biggest of them, Taffy, slaps B around. She breaks free and hides. While hiding, she discovers that the underside of her tongue has been torn, and now her tongue can move a lot more. On a side topic, the underside of my tongue is connected all the way to the end, so I feel like I'm a bit of a bee. So, uh, I, I think that this is one of the uh, more interesting quotes from this chapter. She says her tongue was flapping like a piece of leather on an old shoe. Do you want that? I think you it's want to cut the underside yeah. of your tongue and experience that? Nope. I, I just right. think it's I just, just think it's a beautiful sure. quote. Um But this this turns out to be a good thing. Later B finds out that she was able to make she's able now to make sounds which she was unable to re reproduce before. She begins to be able to speak. Scared of how this revelation might change how others treat her. B decides to hide this from everyone except her mother. Later, while spying on other children from the top of a tree, B sneezes and gets found out. The kids, the kids shake the tree and uh, B eventually falls from it and is momentarily dazed before bolting away with her pursuers in hot pursuit. The chase is interrupted when Lynn, the definitely witted shepherd, intercepts the kids. He decides not to tell B's parents because he doesn't want the kids' parents to get fired. Then there's a really cool moment when the kids say B is stupid and then she like turns around and like very creepily reveals that she can speak. And she also does some mindfuckery on Taffy by apparently quoting someone who scares him, saying, Dear Taffy... And giving this like, like head sideways, creepy smile at the same time, uh, perhaps mimicking his mother, who she knows beats him. So uh, again, showing that maybe she knows more than anyone really should know. Um, also, shout out to emotional support animal assist by Lynn's dog Daisy. Um, She's so cute. 
One of the best lines, I think, in the chapter is B describing why she doesn't like riding horses. She said, quote, it felt rude to sit on someone and expect her to carry me about. <laughs> also, horse is tall. <laughs> Girl small, horse tall. <laughs> Let's spend there... some time here <laughs> in this moment. <laughs> Just luxuriate in this moment. Yeah, it feels good. Girl small, uh, horse won't tall. Feel good for Girl much longer. <laughs> for the slam poetry section of Rutland. Yeah. There's some uh, good Fitz and B interaction towards the end of this chapter. B doesn't want to do Fitz's job for him. Copying scrolls. It's too boring copying something that already exists. Fitz is constantly scaling out, and the the thoughts that come out from his head, they, they hurt B. Uh, and I think this might be the first time that you kind of, like, get that hint that it's the scaling that B doesn't like about Fitz. Fitz is trying to get to know her better none, nonetheless, and how do you connect with your daughter? Uh, do I teach her my assassin memory games? Great job, Fitz. He turn, <laughs> turns out B is really good at these memory games. Um, and uh, it's this kind of turning point for Fitz when he realizes that she isn't so simple. The end of this chapter, though, is a lot. And I will admit that I teared up. B is working outside with Mo Molly. Suddenly, Molly starts feeling funny, uh, feeling pains in her arm, um, feeling a stitch in her side. And then suddenly she topples over and she says, this is so silly. I'm, I'm just going to catch my breath for a moment, she says. Uh, and then she dies. Fitz comes out to find them and he's carrying a bouquet of flowers that he meant to give to Molly. And... Uh, he knows immediately that she's dead and runs to them and he quote bends his head back and howls and it's at this moment that b decides that she has to lay down some prophecy or, or truth as she calls it and she quotes from her dreams when the bee to the earth does fall the butterfly comes back to change all hmm. right I do think it was smart to do Molly's death from B's point of view because we were obviously going to feel that significantly more than right if it was from Fitz's point yeah. of view. When so that was a good job. Yeah. When I read the sentence of like she died, I was just like, eh. And <gasps> but when Fitz came and found her, and then like his reaction, that's when I started to. Oh, I was like, yeah, oh, exactly, because. Oh. B's reaction was a little bit muted, really. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, Fitz's was, like, so over the top, and he's, like, depressed for ages afterwards. And But I think even, like, B's view of Fitz's reaction makes it more yeah. emotional, maybe, than if you were in Fitz's head and he was thinking, like, eight billion things. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> you see him just in pain. You see that visual from somebody else of just head back yeah yeah because if we got it from fitz's point of view he may have like blacked out or something <laughs> well so like so so joey was was commenting about the howling 
when he read it and i was like <laughs> well you have to think of it more of like aomer when he discovers eowyn you know it's like that yeah that it's, kind of it's like, exactly like that. that that kind of screaming because <laughs> joey was like oh <laughs> like oh I, I thought he howled <laughs> It was interesting, though, because it said he howled, but then she makes the comment that it was silent. So it's like, it's was his, he yeah, just... Yeah, he's screaming through the skill, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe his Aww. little Venus actually, like, yeah, howled or something. But I, like I don't think he was saying a warmer. Ow! <laughs> Werewolf vomit sauce. Um yeah, B was just very like matter of fact about the whole thing, but Well, distinct. That's how she kind of like she closes herself off from a lot of her emotions, mostly yeah. because Fitz yeah. is always feeling so much around her, right? right? It's so. too much, yeah. He's like he doesn't give her any space. Uh, we, she's like, you know, her like creepy cryptic side definitely came out a whole bunch in this chapter though. Yeah. <laughs> the whole tongue thing. I tell you what, if for some reason I ever do produce a child, the first thing I will do when they get into like toddlerdom is check their tongue to make sure that it's a free acting agent. <laughs> so I thought I read, I thought that there was sort of a mention that she she felt like she was putting herself on a course for that to happen so that her tongue would become yes. loosened. And I thought that that was an interesting detail for those of us trying to figure out who or what she is. Oh, she came from the pool. I don't know how, <laughs> but she did. I, yeah, I just thought it was interesting because like, you don't get a lot of moments like that, really. But you know how they say that, remember that the white prophet is supposed to be something, it's not like Buffy, it's not like to every generation, it's supposed to be every so often there's a white prophet, so the fact that we ha that we possibly have another white prophet, does that make you worry where the current white prophet is? Not really, because um, the black man was a prophet, prophet, and he was still alive, and Fool was alive at the Yeah, they got a whole school of those fuckers. They're just everywhere. They're like, they, you know. The pro -cop. Oh, Pro-Cop. Pro-Cop was done, though. Pro-Cop was... He was a black prophet. So, but well, he wasn't I mean, technically dead. the Fool thought he yeah. was done. Yeah, but I feel like he was... He Highlander lived quite a Rachel. lovely little life, even though he was... I feel like it was it. confirmed that he caused change, and that's why he was, like, changed, changed color so much. Or was it at least extreme in his age? Yeah. Right, which I don't makes think... me feel like there was a lot of time going through. Suddenly there's like a dilation. If we've had, if Fitz knows two white prophets in his own lifetime and even three, like that seems like yeah. an aberration. Well, Fitz well, should use it as a moment of reflection because... Fitz is a nexus point. You know. He's just, you know... He's such a hot fucking mess that he's it's important. He's got two prophets coming to try to figure his Fix shit out. Shit. One wasn't enough. Right? Um, we did talk about this in spoiler section before, but the the very lovely um, connection between between prophecy and speaking the prophecy and the fact that as B was able to, as she grows up, then she gains the ability to speak like that. Like it's a special power, this ability to speak mm -hmm. because everything she says must be so important. Hmm. 
I do really like seeing this prophet's, you know, journey from their point of view. And, you know, when she was able to say, I see all of these paths in front of me and I know which one I have to take, even though it's going to hurt. Like, it would have been really interesting to get to see that from the fool's side of things. And, like, everything that he was presented and everything he had to do. Yeah, and because the fool was always right. a little closed because the fool was always trying to get one thing to happen. So it when he was honest with Fitz, it was still a little bit like, oh, I can't really explain it, you know? Yeah. Just trust me. If you had the fool's point of view, it would just be like, oh, God, I have to torture him again. <laughs> Um, uh, I do, I do detect a character's usefulness being at an end and then being ejected from the narrative in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> also, I have to say, dying in a field of lavender sounds very lovely to me. And they did say that her, Nettle, remember Nettle said that her father and her mother died young, relatively young. Mm-hmm. So. When did that happen? When did she say that? When she had the first pain at at Winterfest. Oh Nettles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nettle was like worried. ten years ago. Yeah, Nettle was worried. <laughs> right. Yeah, her her dad dragged himself to death, and then her mom died before we even knew her. Yeah, yeah. A, a heart problem apparently. Anyway, I read this. I read the scene and was like, I feel like walking three blocks. No reason, right? <laughs> like, ah. Going for your physical. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna wear my heart monitor for a day. No, just for fun. Whatever the tr- you got to get your blood pressure checked. You gotta get that cholesterol investigated. Yeah get to know your sugars if 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 molly had submitted to some skill healing she would have had like really nice clean arteries she just needed to eat some oatmeal (laughs) (laughs) cheerios too much too much heavy pork in her diet the the blander the food you eat the better you are Whatever, Cheerios are delicious. The only reason I can't eat Cheerios every day for heart health is because they're so aggressive. Like, they taste great, but they are so aggressively textured. They, like, just cut up the inside of your mouth. Am I alone in this, or do you, are we with me? I mean, have you ever had Captain Crunch? No, yeah, I, I have literally <laughs> eaten Captain Crunch one time in my life. We only got, like, not sugar cereals growing up. And then one day my mom felt real guilty, so she bought a box of Captain Crunch. And my sister and I tasted it, and we're like, fuck that shit. And it sat on our shelf for, like, six months, and then my mom finally threw it away. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, I'm like, Joey, I want the the sweet cereal. Can I have Raisin Bran? (laughs) I love Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran is the best. fucking fantastic. So you guys. Raisin Bran Crunch? Don't talk to me. We at my company, somebody started like seven or eight years ago an event that we are having next week. And it is called Cereal Bonanza. And everybody signs up. The company provides all the various milks. And everybody signs up on the same day. You bring in a box of cereal and you you write down what box of cereal you're going to bring. And then you have like 50 different kinds of cereals in the kitchen. And then you get to just make little bowl concoctions. You want to mix all your honey-based cereals together. You want, you know, some 
healthy shit with some sugary shit. You want chocolate and peanut butter concoctions. And it's like the best fucking day ever. It's amazing. And I highly encourage all of our <laughs> listeners to do a cereal bonanza at your work because it's I want lovely. Candy cereal. I just want cereal yeah. made of candy. <laughs> There's always like one yeah, asshole who brings it. grape nuts. I'm like, uh, I like. Grape. I actually like grape nuts, but you know, it's cereal bonanza. Whole brand. To me, the the worst cereal is Apple Jacks. I, <laughs> I don't like apple flavored. Totally disgusting. Yeah. Is it even apple? It doesn't taste like apple. It just tastes like no. It tastes like apple green apple candy. The God tier one is the one that Grandpa had that I wasn't allowed to eat. God tier one. It was like. It had like almonds that were like covered in like an almond mash. Oh, that's right. Ra- that's raisin nut brand. Did Grandpa get them too brand. powerful? That was yeah, the that's, God that, is the shit. that is the shit. If I is... if I like stole I do, a bowl of I that, like I would that. be like beaten with a belt. That was like so, not <laughs> the, the secret to raisin nut brand is that the raisins are actually enveloped in a almond paste. It's not. It's not a yogurt base. It's actually an almond. Paste. Oh, it's not yogurt. Oh, that's interesting. It's not yogurt. Yeah, and that is why it is that. like crack cocaine. No, that's very good to know. My favorite cereal till the day I die is Kix. Oh, but... Kix is good. Kix is Kix. But Kix had to go on sale, you know? Like Oh, for sure. We weren't just going out burning our money on Kix. I also day. loved I just loved <laughs> shredded wheat. Shredded wheat was like my day to day. We like bland fucking years. cereals. I'm like Raisin Bran, <laughs> rice oh rice checks. Raisin Bran is Depression pretty sugary. Raisin Bran. Well, yeah, but Raisin Bran is like the farthest on the spectrum. Yeah, that was the candy. It's my favorite. I love Cinnamon Life. Never had it. That's it. Somebody's somebody is bringing it to Cereal Bonanza, so I'll have to try it. (gasps) Please do tell me what you think. I'm gonna try everything. All right, listeners, what is your favorite? Cinnamon Life is dessert. That is a (laughs) excuse you just because you're Ukrainian. Joey gets like (laughs) you like plain. No, Joey gets like the Reese's Pieces one. Uh, Fuck yes, I do, and I not often, but when I do get cereal, I'm gonna get Reese's cereal. I mean, it's fucking crack. I don't know. I've never bought like that is. Special Almost K Redberry. Let's not forget Special K Redberry because that shit's also delectable. But that's do like as wild as I can. Oh hell yeah, they do. You. That's what my roommate and then loves. Did you see my frosted mini? Frosted mini wheats is the shit, and Jenny. It is yeah. so good. They it's make great. pumpkin for fall. Oh, my, I didn't know that. Most I didn't know they had bought flavors. cereals are they have plain checks, corn checks. Yes, corn checks, rice checks. Rice Krispies. Rice Krispies, rice Krispies get Krispies. soft. No, they get, get too soggy. soggy too fast. You gotta I eat will them say, so fast. Yeah, can, it's like there's them, not a lot of downtime. Crispix fan. We had a lot of Crispix. Oh my gosh, oh, Crispix is the best. It's wheat on one side and corn on the motherfucking other. It is amazing. It's like a gluten-free party. For our non-American listeners. Except for the wheat side, which is definitely gluten. Are. I don't okay, think that they have... Crispix has wheat? I thought, it was, I thought you just said it was corn and rice. I don't think that they have the cereal culture No, I think it's wheat on one side. We have. They're probably like, what the fuck? Is it? I'm going to look it up. Uh, because it's brown. They, it'd be very toasted rice if it was... It's rice. It's definitely two different colors. Well, yeah. We it know is. that much. It's, uh... The light features the light and puffy crispiness of rice on one side and the satisfying crunch of corn Man, that's rice? That blows my mind. How do they get it so dark? 
That's probably why it's so good is because it's extra toasted. Tree Crispix cereal has the pleasant sweetness and irresistible crunch that helps start your day I'm buying. I'm getting some of that shit tomorrow. (laughs) This podcast has been sponsored by General Mills. Post cereal. Come on. Uh, Oddly enough, I do talk about cereal in my section, which is up next. (laughs) Ooh. Do we have anything else to say about... Chapter 10. B has a point of view. I love it. Let's go. It's great. Yay. It is a nice change of pace. All right, listeners. Chapter 11 was fucking too long. And so we had to split it up into two parts. And Joy and I are tag teaming. And I have chapter 11, part one, The Last Chance. The chapter opens with an unsent letter from Fitz to the skill mistress, which is, I just think that's a great title, uh, Nettle, recapping his skill walking account of Verity getting his Terminator arms from the skill river. He never shared the nitty-gritty details with Shade, because Shade, and so this little tale's top secret. He remembers the abandoned town, the dipping of the limbs, the crazy thirst for that sweet, sweet skill smack. And smack is a street term for heroin that I don't think anyone uses anymore, but they should. And it makes me think of Honey Smacks the cereal and its frog mascot and how inappropriate (laughs) that brand name is for children. You want some smack? Yeah! Sings a chorus of children. I have digressed. Anyways, Fitz doesn't know where that city is and hopes no one ever finds it or ever knows the power of the liquid smack. P.S. This message will self-destruct. Fitz is sad and very miserable, and I permit it. While I was never Team Molly, I can appreciate the utter emptiness he feels from the void of loneliness, and it gets me choked up. People come to Withywoods to pay their respects. The hordes of children and grandchildren visit, messages from old friends, even that hoebag starling, who I call a hoe not because she had lots of good sex in her life, but simply because she's annoying and dysfunctional. And then some skill texts from the posse. I thought it a bit shady that Doodles and his mom at all did not personally pay their respects, but they were in the Mountain Kingdom, so I guess it's okay. But hear me out, because Ketty came to gawk at the baby, but she couldn't come when he lost the love of his life. And I just think that's a little rude. That man skill sexed with you so you could have your baby. And you don't know that. But I'm still holding it against you. Uh, Nettle, of course, was the first to arrive and held down the fort with Revel. Eventually, everyone leaves after Molly is laid to rest. Except Nettle, who hangs back to help get things in order. And make sure V and Fitz stay alive. Fitz reflects on his loss, seeing that Molly did everything and ever. Um, did everything and was everything, and he seems to realize, as many do, how he took her for granted. Fitz momentarily reflects on his neglect of V during this time, but he's still not super interested in dealing with her. He has proof of life from her tiny footprints at Molly's grave, and that's enough for now. They take to squatting together in Fitz's study, silent, huddled masses of despair, and Nettle eventually announces that it's time for her to go back to her duties at Buckkeep. Fitz has a guilty moment where he confesses he's sorry he didn't try to bring Molly back to life like he did the fool, and Nettles is thoroughly disgusted at the thought, stating that neither she nor Molly would have wanted a zombie walker mom back in the picture. Oh, and P.S., why on earth did you not get B on a horse? Now she have to carry her in, like, a makeshift kangaroo pouch while I keep her on the horse back to Buckheap, and that's just really entirely inconvenient. And then Fitz comes out of his stupor. Skews, take who to where? Uh, in front of B, the two of them continue to talk about her and her future. Nettle believes her a simpleton, incapable of anything beyond, pre- beyond dressing herself and eating. She'll need a nurse and to be tucked away. 
Fitz is appalled, stating that B is quite brilliant and capable, and Nettle doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about, but B is 100% staying with him at Withy Woods. He also tries to make a case for himself in stating that he raised half, and honestly, that's the least helpful exhibit A he could have. (laughs) (laughs) Nettle makes a case for them both to come to Buckkeep, and Fitz is honest, um, and he says that it's just too much sadness, and he's too sad, and he just can't go there and laugh with old friends and think of the sad memories of some of his past friends and blah, blah, blah. So he just cannot, and he drew boundaries. So, of course, this argument, Fitz has to pull a Fitz. And he says, in any case, she's not going with you. She's my daughter. It's only right she stays with me. (laughs) Which, ouch. He does a real quick backpedal, though, after realizing his number one dad mug has just been revoked. And he says, I failed on that duty once with you. This will be my last chance to do it right. She stays. At an impasse, Nettle tells B it's time to go to bed. And wouldn't you know that little albino doll baby says in a full sentence, (laughs) no, I'm staying with Papa. Fitz is like, that little minx keeping her secrets. And Nettle is taken aback, but thinks she doesn't want to go to bed. Fitz knows what she really meant, though. Do you want to go to Buckkeep tomorrow or stay here at Withywoods? And that little thing busts out a full monologue. I do not wish to go to Buckkeep Castle, thank you. Thank you, Nettle, for your kind offer, but I will be staying home here at Withywoods, and you can kindly go fuck yourself. <laughs> and shout out to Fitz on the follow-up. She says she wants to stay here. <laughs> like Nettle was all of a sudden deaf and couldn't hear her speak these very enunciated, formed words. Um, and she just says, I hear her. Um, which I just thought that was hilarious. So then Nettle in a power move asks, well, how are you going to talk to her about periods? Huh? <laughs> Fitz plays it real cool with a skill wall, but inside he's like, fuck fucking periods. We'll just, we'll sort that out later. And there's a thing where B and Fitz stare into each other's eyes and it's like pretty intense. And then a wolf tells him he's asking for trouble by doing that and to stop it. And Nettle decides that she'll give them three months, at which time she'll return and inspect the two of them. And if they seem feral, B's going to come with her. (laughs) It's honestly like a 60-40 in her favor, so we'll see. With that, it's bedtime and Fitz says that he'll start his daddy duty straight away. He walks B to her room and watches her climb into bed with one of those dog staircases. Nifty. (laughs) <laughs> He's about to peace out, but B is like, whoa, whoa, we have bedtime rituals here, bitch. Get me a good smelling small candle for mom, and we're singing songs. And so she assumes Fitz is an oaf who couldn't possibly know any songs. And she's semi-correct. 90% of his songs are really fucked up, rated R type shit. But he does know a little <laughs> ditty about horse shopping. And never forget, folks, four white hooves equals no bueno. B, all white... <laughs> An all-white girl herself asks Fitz if he's a racist. And he's all like, no, 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 for real. Like, it's for real. Like, you really, it's like a real thing. You got to check their feet. Like, I'm not just saying that. And uh, so they sing that song four more times. Then everyone goes to bed. The end. Nope, not the end. That was only half the chapter. (laughs) Well, we could talk about the first half before before we talk about the the second half. Nettle said some really she just I hate the fact that they're having these conversations in front of B in front of her (laughs) yeah like come on people talk in front of kids all the time but kids ain't stupid yeah and B is extra not stupid (laughs) she's like and B is 
yeah she's like very aware that she's like on the precipice of becoming like a foster child and she needs to like trick <laughs> the agent who's come to like inspect the home so that she doesn't <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is dss showed you know, up and she's like no no we're good social worker yeah it's fine <laughs> social worker no but yeah. i feel like she's probably also like making up her first little baby burn book and nettle's name is the fucking page one <laughs> ashley yeah that's the name of the that's the name of the playlist I made. <laughs> burn book? Is it's it really? Lee's burn book, yes. <laughs> I did I swear to God I did not know that. I did not click that link at all. That's funny. Parker girls. <laughs> our brains are one. <laughs> wow, that's really weird. That's the high. We skilled mind. each other that. <laughs> Maybe. Uh <laughs> uh, yeah, I no, I, I, I I understand why it is necessary to... This happens all the time in fantasy novels. The The hero of the fantasy novel is always an orphan without any parents because otherwise the parents would be like, you can't do this, right? So <laughs> B can't have a competent parent, right? Like Fitz barely counts. So he's he's more like... <laughs> it's true. He's, uh, you know, it's not like Night Eyes is around to be the real parent because that's who we should give credit to, FYI, for raising Hap. That was not this. That yeah. Was, that was a night age. <laughs> but like, you know, so now B doesn't have her mom. So she's got to, you know, do that fantasy hero thing where they're alone, you know, practically an orphan without being one, an emotional orphan. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. I am sad that Molly has seemed to outlive her usefulness, but even her absence is useful in this in this setup. I really love the part where Nettle realizes that she uh, never wrote down the recipe for like a salve that Aww. Molly made, and Fitz is like, "Bitch, everybody has that recipe. Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> Farmer's I know recipe, that, but I won't tell you right the now. Casserole with the rice and the mayonnaise. Well, it's it's Ew. funny because like Molly was never, Molly was not a very literate person, right? So she probably didn't write extensively about her candles and all of that stuff. Yeah, it is a loss. And you know, this is of course with Fitz, he writes all the stuff down and then just burns it. Yeah. So you know, he's also and and Nettle is you know oldest child you know syndrome having to be everyone's emotional backbone i mean nettle just lost her mom too and she's organizing everything and you know communicating with everyone and and everyone's paying their respects to her because fitz won't come out of his bedroom and i mean it sucks to be nettle nettle just keeps getting fucked fucked up and i i'm mad for her yeah i i don't agree that she should just take b and like lock her up like a cockatoo <laughs> or something but right nettle's control issues are probably part of her grieving process well fitz hasn't made a great case for himself and being able to care for others or himself so you can't really blame her too much well no and that. it's not like he can be like well i raised you no you didn't yeah mm -hmm. No, you abandoned me, raised someone else's kid in the woods. He barely survived. Now he's a goddamn <laughs> minstrel. Now he's a fucking minstrel dad. Explains everything. Is that what you, you want? You want me to grow up to be a minstrel? God. 
every parent's nightmare. <laughs> Started a band. <laughs> I quit my day job and he started the band I mean Fitz college. wanted to be a scribe so he wanted to you know write things for a living I <laughs> feel like that's a well yeah I guess I don't know minstrels are important in these books so yeah who knows that's tr- it's true but they travel they're like they're 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 always on the road I mean that's not as doesn't feel as elevated I guess if you're a really special minstrel you you're part of the court but I don't think half is They're very needed, but no one actually respects them. <laughs> As a profession. Like most artists. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, do we like, I mean, it's a little sad, but do we like the little hint of Night Eyes showing up again? A little bit of... I mean, why wouldn't we? Who doesn't love a Night Eyes? Uh cameo he is often the best part of fits he should lean into that he should be like look i'm gonna take a nap i'm really sad i'm just gonna be depressed and night eyes like spirit can be like i'm gonna take over i'm gonna be the best dad i'm gonna cook but they're just they're just echoes they're not they're not real they're just like they're just like it's like he's having a yeah, but what if it like how how good is the echo? I don't you think know? it's like, that is good. It good. Is it good enough to autopilot? No. <laughs> is it an echo or is it like a memory? Well, I don't. I don't. They they don't explain it. They're always like, yeah, isn't it nice? And then that's that. They never really explain if it's like a magical, like skill ghosts. In the wit somehow, or if it's just their brain pathways, right? Because there's like, I... I mean, there's a there's a spectrum there, right? Like, is it because it, it really seems like it could just be like a memory that Fitz has, but then we also know that like there are people that have had Lived like in... gone into their 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 wit beast, or vice versa. And... So you think that there's a small chance that Night Eyes could have gone into his wit beast? That the human all, beast. I guess <laughs> what I'm saying is like there's what is where is he on that spectrum of like? <laughs> well, I mean, they I always guess did say that or. Fitz and Night Eyes were too entwined. You know, they, yeah, that they were abnormal. Yeah. I don't know if is it either or, or is there like a spectrum. I would assume I, it's a spectrum. I don't think it's memories. I think that it is like a live communication. Whether it's from He like downloaded the Night Eyes. It's like <laughs> whether it's inside of him or it's like the spirit of Night Eyes and they still have their bond and so they can still talk through their channel. Like I don't know. Night Eyes died as he was dying, he was like, I'll just stick like one tenth of myself in you. Because you're not gonna survive without me. exactly well you know fitz is very connected to the the skill you know we know that he does selfish things maybe he kind of like you know sucked in a little bit of night eyes on (laughs) (laughs) all dogs go to heaven i mean this is this is a world where you can stick your consciousness in a stone and then take it out of the stone and put it in a body yeah like like 
And then who's to well, say I mean, you like, can't Fitz, do that with like a portion? And then put of it in a person. feather. Fitz rebuilt the fool. Yeah, I was to say Fitz re- rebuilt the fool based on some blood on a feather. So, These could I mean, easily have been science I feel fiction like, novels. I feel like a little bit of net ice can go a long way. That's what I mean. I feel like we have a lot of examples of these consciousness, you know, AIs or whatever. Like, I'm going to be skeptical continue. unless he has a whole conversation with night eyes. That's all I'm saying. If it's just like one word here and there, it's just not enough to matter to me. No. That's fair. I want more than That's that. Fair. I don't. I, I would. I would totally. I would be like the person who has been skipping bodies for like a gener for like millions of years. Why not be a dragon one day? Be a butterfly. Be a wolf. Be a person. I would do it. You can't just get into them. Okay? Would a dragon like, let you in? Like... Yeah, you can. Why not? Because you're not that powerful. Who says? I mean, I, there's limitations. Well, there's got to be. If you put your your like pinky finger in the skill river then you got like a silver finger and, and do what with that the last dance of chances is that the poem it is which all definitely right. sounds like a I... song that patrick swayze would sing all right i'm back I'm and mechanic. i thought about wit beasts for like five more seconds while i was peeing <laughs> and um <laughs> What wisdom so like black rolf was teaching fits about like animals whip beasts dying and he was saying that like oh they can leave like an echo or whatever and you you that's like the proper way to do it and you will always have a little piece of that your whip beast with you but it's not the same as like when they take over and it's like wrong and corrupted and they try to like intervene and like take control of you and i think that like it could even be like the normal way to do it is that your wit beast stays with you after they die and they're just like they respect you enough to not try and take over your whole body well, yeah, they, and, we, like, and Fitz never does anything anyone tells him to do. So we could definitely bet a million dollars that whatever Black Rolf told him to do, he didn't do. <laughs> I don't think he was capable right, of doing right, that. Right, but like, I'm saying that even like the correct way to do it, I don't think that he's it's going down the way he's saying it's going down. Like, I think that there's some amount of the wit beast is surviving in you and it's just not like the evil right and oh, most I, people I want to witted. survive over the like over the life of my own wit beast yeah and i think and most yeah. people who are witted don't have the skill so i think that having the skill magic definitely opens up a lot of different levels of communication because the reason Fitz can do all that shit, the reason that he could bring the fool back from death was because of that combination of magics. So I um uh, so, I like to I like to think that, that Night Eyes is still legitimately around. Oh he is. I believe it. I'm a leaving and I'm always right. 
Ashley, you wanted to say something before we moved on. Yeah, so I I guess so the opening of the chapter, we reflect on watching Verity get his Terminator arms. And yep. I I don't know, in the course of reading for some reason, I thought that Kelsingra was the city where Verity got his his he dipped his hands. But I also yeah. think that. Then Fitz says that he doesn't know Fitz, where it just... happened, but Fitz knows that Kelsingra exists, doesn't he? Why would he know that? He went well, there. isn't that like that he... he went there? Isn't that like public he knowledge now? Bingtown. Like that's where the dragons gave birth and all that kind of stuff. Wouldn't I don't know. I just figured it would have like gotten back to him. He probably not been paid. He's not been watching the he news. He also went there. But yeah, and he, <laughs> he, took he his email. also went there. Yeah. When did he go there? He went, he went there, there through the skill stone. Yeah, he, he walked climbed around the tower. and saw all the he ghost saw... people. And, right, yeah. but I don't think he knew where he was. I think that's what he means. Like, he doesn't know where that is. I thought he, he could tell he that Verity through. had been there. I don't know. I thought that, like, he he knew that he was Maybe. in the same town where Verity Yes, but he doesn't know. He could not point to a map and tell you where he was. Okay, but we know where yes. he was. And where is the, the magical skill river? Because they couldn't find any silver. Was it just earlier? So there was some left? I feel like there's earlier. a part of my memory that remembers Fitz went to that river knowing that that was the river where the skill was and he couldn't find any skill. In the yeah, river. that's yeah, absolutely right. correct. So did Verity just like call up all the silver from the earth and... It- is he why there's no skill left like there's nothing left because he dipped his arms well they got they got skill in the last trilogy yeah they pushed the button well i mean they got some but like they found like a secret fucking cupboard that had like you know four boxes worth he didn't they didn't the way that i think about it is that the skill river is like more metaphysical than physical that you you have to be one with the river you have to enter the river it's like the abhorsen you have to enter the river <laughs> metaphysically before you physically enter the river and maybe maybe our our intrepid heroes were not necessarily doing that in our in in the in those books that's all that's what i think it's like, like verity is uh he's got the force and he activated the lightsaber with the basically yeah basically yeah like yeah. Like that, there, like it was a trickle, but for Verity, because Verity was like already like so far gone into the skill river inside himself that it like manifested greatly for him. I don't know, that's kind of how I. I bet the dragons would have really appreciated, or maybe it fell in, maybe there was just one last cataclysm, just a little rock tumble. Well, I mean, they did talk about how there were like you know parts of the river that had more silver in it maybe he just found one of those he just found the right (laughs) just just like sucked it all up and then it was all gone he slurped it (laughs) or skill unlocks a magic key that brings the silver forth maybe he was just there at the right time of year i don't know like (laughs) (laughs) silver maybe an maybe yeah i don't know there was an earthquake. Shit happened. Robin Hobb forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now she's writing it after that part. She's like, I understand I forgot. Stop <laughs> writing me about it. 
Should we move on to chapter 11, part 2, still yes. the last chance? Is, uh, is Joey still uh, so what? adjusting in there? Yes. Well, there was a lot of cacophony. Okay. Wait. What? What? Go. Ah, uh, the last chance, part 2. Parenthetical, oh god, it's still <laughs> happening. I think Ashley wrote that. <laughs> so it's the morning after Fitz sang the cruel hoof-checking song. Um, and we are awoken by Echo Thoughts of Night Eyes. Uh, and he just says, the cub. Uh, B is having trouble folding giant things. Did you get that? B is small. She's very small. B and Fitz both have shitty hair. Hidden. It's a hidden farseer trait. B tells Fitz to shave his face. Nettle had to uh, part now to return to Buckkeep. Um, no long hug for bad dad Fitz from Nettle. Um, and then uh, B just says, well? And then Fitz says back, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's off to the stables. This is amazing. <laughs> it's off to the st stables to talk to Tallman. Um, and yet again, insert lame farm life stuff here. Uh, when Fitz has downtime, um, or he's not dealing with a major tragedy, he becomes incredibly lame. Um, putting down now the riveting grocery list making, um, B got back up to drawing, drawing effortlessly, and yeah, I'm jealous. A nine-year-old can fucking probably draw better than me. Um, yep. <laughs> Can't let go of the past, Fitz, said B to B, um, who uh, is still, you know, Fitz is still kind of steeping in his own grief through most of this very long plotting chapter. Um, there's something about an acorn on Fitz's desk that tells him Shade is near, and then there's a note that Shade is, uh, needs to meet up with Fitz at a shitty inn nearby called the Oakenstaff. It's like a day's ride out or something. Um B is still talking to the staff more and desperately trying to be as uncreepy as possible, and I imagine the staff is just kind of staring at her and nodding. Very, very normal, B. Um, <laughs> insert more household managing crap. Fitz considers hiring a housekeeper. Sure, do that. Fitz, <laughs> so much of this. Fitz is anxious about having to leave B alone uh, to go meet Shade. Uh, so, uh, and uh, we are introduced to uh, Fitz's idea of babysitting, which is share her some scary, uh, share with her some scary cramped dark passages behind the walls in Willy Woods. Um, and we're all just kind of like, oh my God. And, uh, but but B is like, yes, I'm into this shit. She's super thrilled about it because small spaces suit small pixie children. So. She's she just likes to get like a kitten. She wants to get into those little walls uh, and feel safe. Um, and then I think you know that there is sort of a sweetness to this chapter um, because uh, through all of Fitz's depression and and tedious obsessive thoughts on chores, Fitz and B are kind of beginning to sort of have a proper relationship now that Molly's gone. And given uh, that Fitz's ideas on fatherhood involve either. Uh, animal husbandry uh, which is thanks Burridge or uh, and then of course the young mind sharpening assassin games thanks Shade B his daughter uh, is actually his his daughter after all and she kind of takes to it and um, and it looks like that this little family's gonna be a-okay that's the chapter one there's nothing wrong with being a latchkey kid not okay <laughs> two I think 
But does your latch go into secret <laughs> yeah. tunnels yeah. inside your house? <laughs> I mean, kind of yeah. technically at Wingford, there were <laughs> some Wingford, secret, there were some yeah. secret little passageways. Uh, the, I think that the obsession about the chores and like the daily life and like how organizing and all of that crap, that is the presence of Molly's absence. Yeah. Because yep. thank God for Revel. That is all the shit that she used to do. It's kind of sad to me that, that, like the the molly shaped hole in Fitz's life appears to be chore based but <laughs> it's probably a, a a reality so but it's what what it gets me through the the whole chapter in general is sort of how unpresent in these life he was before molly died which is sort of like it's sort of like an indictment on fatherhood you know yeah, he would just see her at meal times and be like all it's right like, yeah. well, uh, it looks like Molly's keeping her alive still. How you doing, kid? Oh, nope, I don't care. I think the big change so here... Put her in the wall. I don't want to look at her. Put her in the, the wall. The change here is that now he knows, he knows to hide his skill thoughts from her. So she accepts him, and so now he can connect with her oh yeah i meant to write that in my section but it was just so much stuff to write i forgot about that that, see i thought that i missed it (laughs) no i think it wasn't mine there's a whole conversation because he he put up his walls when he was arguing with nettle and then oh yeah yeah that was there he was like hey you've been keeping secrets about being able to talk then she's like well i like you way better when you shut the fuck up and he's like what are you talking about and she's like you need to do that more yeah, <laughs> she said he, she could feel him boiling over. And it What's so funny to me is that like he's definitely he was always scolded by other wit users that he was loud in the wit. Yeah, and so he I guess he's trained. I mean, without night eyes around, he's not loud in the wit anymore. But he didn't do that for the skill, <laughs> even though he spent learning. so much of his young life being like afraid that people were tracking him through the skill and shit. He got lazy. He but got also lazy. Verity to- taught him how to put up walls so he's like get farting it's like farting in your room versus farting like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. God. He stopped farting he got used in to just his room where he was He got used to just everywhere. shooting around that whole manor. Yeah he's, he's just, just farting everywhere. He's <laughs> every like, step yeah, he takes he's just like in his shitty sack, <laughs> saggy, saggy leggings and just farting everywhere because it's his house. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the worst. Flapping, it's fucking baggy, horrifying. Dumpy under uh, leggings just kind of flapping. With his fucking his overgrown farts. beard probably has like fucking food crust in it. Yeah, no wonder Nettle's like, I'm gonna come back in three months. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I am. I'm wearing. I've been wearing this underwear for 37 a... days. Just <laughs> gonna do a wellness check. He's like, is that not normal? Is that like not a good, good social worker? You don't like the fact that Shade played the same joke on him with the acorn? I thought that was funny. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> who put it there, though? I mean, like, who did that? It's the acorn that he brought to Shade. Yeah, but like, who put it? Who put it there? Um, somebody. A shade spy. Yeah. Which goes to show how like fucked up Fitz is, because that means somebody was in his house and he didn't even yeah, notice. But his shit. house is gigantor. Like, how would he? He's got the wit and the skill. Okay. He doesn't use them. It's like it's like 
if Obi-Wan Kenobi couldn't feel the Death Star, you know, like, <laughs> exploding all the And, like, the oh, wit shit. would just tell him, shit. the wit would just tell him that there was, like, a living being around. It wouldn't say, like, intruder. It's not a fucking, like, simply safe alarm. <laughs> it would. It would totally say intruder. It'd be, like, ferret person or, like, you know, like a, like a <laughs> signature, like a thought pattern that he didn't know. Like, why? It's like a fucking superpower. He's Wolverine. Like, is he? More like Xavier, but like bad at <laughs> Speaking of the wit, though, I do think it's sad that Fitz is like, I'm sorry, you cannot have a dog because I will bond oh, right. with it and then I will be sad. <laughs> yeah, that's why he'd get no dogs at Withywood. The so there are no dogs. Poor Lynn is just trying to, you know, recommend a friend for B, and Fitz is like, Hold no. on I thought it. there was there was a real missed opportunity for us to have some cats talk to us in this chapter, and I was very disappointed in Miss yeah. Robin Hobb. And we've had such a cold spell with cats lately. Such a dry right? spell. Right? What about, what do you feel about birds or rodents? I, I mean, they're allowed agree. to exist. <laughs> about them <laughs> holding out for cats got it all right no I'm, I'm sorry is she gonna wit connect with a fucking rat yep she's tiny it makes sense to have a tiny wit beast no not a fucking rat whatever rats I can just wanna... like secretly go and shit on somebody's food and be like take that motherfucker <laughs> yeah powerful <laughs> <laughs> well it depends on how like you want to be powerful and petty or like because yeah. That's pretty good. It's like, oh, were you looking forward to eating some midnight cheese? Sorry. <laughs> or just make rustling noises, which are upsetting. Yeah, you, they could come back as a cockroach <laughs> and just scuttle around and terrify oh, Rachel for the rest no. of her life. Um, I, uh, I, there are weird points where the story will get like too normal. Like, Fitz didn't sing a song about dragons or anything magical or anything made up. He sang a nursery rhyme that actually exists. He's boring. In real life. When, when he like in our tragedy, real life or like in sucks. his yes. real life? No, like in our real life. That's the lamest song ever. I didn't think that was real. That's a real thing. That is a real a poem. <laughs> Wait, sing it to us. Hold on. Let the me see if I can find try a Two white feet by him. Three white feet. I forget what the other rhyme is. Yeah, but what's the tune? It's yeah. like a, it's just like a saying. It's supposed the to be. The audiobook like... doesn't have a tune, really. It's like Chanting. halfway between a tune and a, just a. The chant. Well, then, if I were talking. B, I would be upset this by hardly this qualifies as a song, song duh. <laughs> Where's my little One white tune. One white hoof by him. Two white hooves. Kill him. Try Kill him. him. Eat him. Three white hooves. Make him. Think for a day. Four white hooves. Turn him Turn away. Turn glue. There's my piece of That's glue. basically what the audiobook says. He should have sang the Antler Island Yeah, song that's what he should have. I mean, B would have been like <laughs> fucking into it. This is the most metal thing I've ever heard. More, more. Like, Dad, is that you? Yeah, okay, so comes... ten popular horse quotes and what they mean. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Finally. Hold Tell on. me about my me... soft hooves. Let me, hold on. Let me get there. 
Okay, this says one white foot by him, two white feet try him, three white feet look well about him, four white feet go without him. The saying has variations such as four white feet and white on his nose, take off his hide and feed him to the crows. Oh, no. That's a little brutal. Or one by me, two try me, three shy me, four fly me. This old saying is probably based on the belief that white hooves are weaker than dark and your white-footed horse is prone to unsoundness. Uh... Racism. Right? Because <laughs> I'm white. That's all it says. I'm just, it just was weird. It's like that moment where I was like, okay, we got Jeppas, we got weird alligators, we got weird birds, and then like a regular damn animal would come by. And I'd be like, well, it doesn't even have like an in-universe name. And now we have this random lullaby and it's not even like redone for, for the universe. It's not like about dragons or... I'm saying a song about airplanes. Should have been about piebald Yeah, horses. I'm like, what the fuck are we just, we're just... We're just okay, doing the Fitz, you can't even remember the name of the horse that you're you're riding. My horse. My, my horse. My, my, my black. My black. <laughs> my, yeah. And then the horse he rode like a few chapters ago in this book was like, oh, it was a supremely adequate horse. Adequate That's all we horse. heard about it. <laughs> he's really trying not to bond with the animals. Yeah, okay. He's like, I know. Adequate. A horse has never been just yeah. adequate. Also, There's I am offended that V is not a horse girl because she is prime horse girl material. I mean, all I could think of was Gone with the Wind when they buy the pony for the little girl, though. Oh, and, and the little girl dies. Yeah, and the little girl dies. So it's like she probably doesn't belong on a horse. She's just going to walk everywhere. Uh... I mean, he could build, like, a sidecar, maybe, or something. <laughs> a, sidecar. <laughs> a little rolling sidecar that you attach to a horse. Yeah, yeah or, like, I a mean, little... We've already, we've already worked out exactly how to attach a sidecar to a dragon. Like a little trailer hitch kind of situation. <laughs> just true. a smaller yeah. horse. Get in, kid. I was thinking could, about that It could that be, like, one that goes behind it, and it's just, like, you know, a little baby carriage. No. It's just it's a, a horse. horse. Yeah, but, like, a little, like a little sidecar-sized one, though. Wait, so you have a one large yes. horse in the middle and two small horses on either side? No, <laughs> no just like one small horse, horse on the... No, on there the, is no the second side. animal involved. I'm saying an actual cart. What? <laughs> what? Like a sidecar. <laughs> and then you attach a platform to the top of the horses and you've got a moving fortress. Look, he's or just going to stick her in a backpack. And How long? A baby go. Bjorn is only going to go up to one specific no, size. No, it's like, you know those little clear backpacks that you can shove a cat in that's got, like, the dome? <laughs> yeah, just she's gonna. She's eventually going to outsize. I think she's horse. probably outsized that now. Don't put the horse in there. So you, got a, you, got a, you got a kid in a little backpack horse thing on you the You know, horse. the horses come and in then you, very small. And then she's things. on the small horse, and then there's a larger horse beside. <laughs> She's on a rocking horse on wheels. Oh my Maxine, God. look, we're back really to my tip. There's a really great children's book called Fritz and the Beautiful Horses. It's about all these kids riding their tall, it's beautiful horses. Excellent. And then there's this shitty little pony, and no one wants to ride it because it's not beautiful and big, so but it's tiny, so he it. can go where the big horses can't, and it becomes the hero, and it's great, and that is the kind of horse that Bee needs. I read that book. Rachel bought that book for our niece, and I read that book to Ireland all the time. 
That was my favorite when I was a kid. It's great. A bridge breaks and all the grown-ups on their beautiful horses are like, oh, our children, help our sweet children. And the pony's like, all right, you motherfuckers, I'll save the day. I hope you say that when you're reading it to Arlen, too. All right, you motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's good. It's great. Just a little tiny, a little, although. It also has really pretty, but also kind of creepy illustrations in it. Okay. It's a great book. Oh, I think they're pretty. They're very beautiful, but the children are a little bit creepy. Ah. Well, they're creepy and and awful, and they don't deserve to be saved. They're kids. <laughs> Shit. They're bad. Like they don't bad deserve bully to kids. be saved. No, they're bad, terrible. No, bully they children. were mean. You rejected yeah. the pony. It was basically the equivalent of giving help to those fuckers that fucked with B. Yeah, it's a very B-like story. Except B is a horse. <laughs> She could be. We don't know yet. And and I, you know, I gotta say, I, I've imagined everyone I've ever encountered as a horse. So. That's <laughs> Wait, what? You've imagined everyone. Alyssa's like Rachel. Let me show you my gallery. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, we were meant to be. <laughs> well, what kind of horse am I? I'm not oh, telling. No, I need. We to can know. talk about that off air. That's, funny to know. that's for the spoiler yeah. section. Um. Let, let's go to wherever we're supposed to go next. Chapter 12. Thank you. The <laughs> let's change the <laughs> Comparatively, yes. <laughs> I, managed, I managed to write four paragraphs. It's actually um, just the whole chapter written. Right <laughs> Basically. All right. Chapter 12 is called Explorations, which is a very Robin Hop chapter name. The intro comes to us from Badgerlock's Old Blood Tales. It tells the story of a washerwoman who enjoyed her work because she could do it on her own, which sounds highly relatable these days. She once had a dog as a wit partner, but she had been alone since the dog passed away, or so she thought. One morning she had an I've fallen and I can't get up moment, but fortunately she had a built-in life alert button in the form of another dog, <laughs> I think, who retrieved a young man to save her and be her friend forevermore. So that sounds nice. Um, she did walk with a cane, though. Or a stick. I don't know. <laughs> Kane's just a fancy stick. It's so, fine. Actual, actual chapter. Uh, when Dad's away, it's time to play in the secret dark passages of the house that no one knows about all by yourself, which of course can never possibly go wrong. Spoiler alert. It did, in fact, go wrong. After Fitz is gone, B digs out some winter clothing from the inconveniently sized trunk and packs up some candles and heads down to Fitz's study to steal away into the secret passageways. She's still very excited about her little cubbyhole because it fits her size unlike her big drafty bedroom. She makes some plans for some cleaning and some interior decorating, including leaving one of her candles behind to start her stockpile. Again, an action she will definitely not regret later. Spoiler number two, she did in (laughs) fact regret it. And then she heads out exploring what I would deem a terrible place to be, what with all the cobwebs and the spiders and the mouse skeletons and the rats. She's definitely not a fan of the rats, and same. She also finds a peephole to her own room, creepy, and she tries to get through the pantry door but finds it blocked by sacks of beans. Rude. But her candle is burning down to a stub, so she realizes she better get back, only now she's forgotten where she's going because there's no good signage down here, and really, who designed this? And then her candle finally goes out, and she's thinking about the rats and the spiders and how she's never going to get out, and it's time for a panic attack. <laughs> Poor B. She's calling off her Molly, which I feel way more about with her than when Fitz is sad about her, and all of her anxiety has warmed her, at the very least, so silver linings. Still, she huddles in a ball on the floor, 
Closing her eyes to shut out the darkness, someone rescued this poor tiny child in a mess sort of of her own making. I mean, in fairness, a regular sized rat to her is basically like an R.O.U.S. to the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) True. Also, why is she taking a candle into the house, into the guts of the house? Like, places you probably shouldn't have an open flame. A candle is way better than a lantern, though, because a candle, like, as as it falls to a floor, will probably put itself out. Whereas, like, an oil lamp will just shatter and douse everything in oil and catch fire. Yeah, you're right. But I feel like she should just go in there during the day and just just invent a flashlight would it even be light during the day inside the walls like dark dark passageways inside the house my attic is still pitch black during the middle of the day (laughs) (laughs) do you really think that witty woods is built to the standards of a modern yes yeah i do fine they do they do a lot of maintenance on it let the child take the open flame into the well, they're neglecting that. So my biggest concern of all of this is she's in these secret passages that are super top secret that we're not supposed to talk about ever, 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 ever. And then she has her yeah. panic attack and then she's just screaming in these hallways. And certainly people inside this house are like, <laughs> why do I hear somebody screaming inside of my wall? <laughs> Ghost. They're like, it's fine. It's haunted. Moving on. She was screaming for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but she did acknowledge that if anybody heard her, no one came. Revel's gonna so. come through the wall with an axe right? in the next, in the <laughs> the next chapter. They B, think it's a ghost. Lady B. I love Revel. Which does, I mean, make a case for her to have a tiny whip beast because we need a whip beast that can go into the passageways with her. Yeah, somebody that can. She needs a ferret. Somebody she does get her need a something ferret. vicious. You know they're loyal. Yeah, something Be vicious. Be in ferret. That can bite. Well, you know, she's still a little kid. She's going on an adventure, but it can't go well every time. At least she's still at home. (laughs) (laughs) She's just inside. I'm also concerned that she could see or hear conversations that would be, like, really upsetting to her. Like servants gossiping about her parents or her you know like i think she's already that, like, little kid. really used to that though yeah you're probably she's right. spying on like everybody at the manor like i think she's heard everybody say horrible shit about her and if she's really a prophet i don't know that it would really have that much i don't know i feel like it wouldn't Im- affect her as much i don't know I'm not saying she doesn't have feelings but she has purpose and intent so it probably doesn't matter you know i get what you're saying it just adds more to like her strategy if nothing else of like how she needs to behave in front of people right but it shouldn't always be play acting right like she doesn't have it's starting i think with fits but she she needs like real interactions with people where she says everything she means like it gets it gets kind of I think so too, but yeah, I don't know if that's really going to happen for her at Withy Woods. I feel like she's got to like step out into the world. Yeah. Or get into the walls. (laughs) Or into the Mm -hmm. walls. Yeah. That's. Find a rat friend. That's the same as going out into the world. (laughs) Getting inside the wall. I mean, she has to leave Withy Woods eventually. The entire rest of the trilogy takes place. Inside <laughs> <Yeah>. the- <laughs> it's riveting. That's why we have a map. 
That's why we have a map. <laughs> we don't need a world Funky anymore. Radio. We just have a coming to you from inside the walls inside of Withy the walls Woods. of Withy Woods. Withy Radio. Withy Woods Radio. <laughs> That's too yeah. hard. Withy Woods Radio. Withy Woods Radio. Willy Woods. <laughs> I'm coming in from Withy Woods Radio. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I had to re-up. I'm going to have that stuck in my head now for like two days. You are awful and I hate you. Uh, we, is this our first old blood tale, Badgerlock's old blood tales in this book? Or have we had? I think in, in this, this book, book, yeah. Good old Badgerlock's old blood tales. Always great, never ominous. <laughs> Seems like the old blood tales are always just so negative. <laughs> it's just like, hey, she got a friend and a broken yeah. hip. For Halloween this year, all the trick or treaters are come to my house. I'm going to tell them an old blood tale. Well, I thought I thought <laughs> that this was like a story that was supposed to warn you that, like, even if you're tempted to not bond because you're old, you should do it anyway because wit beasts are useful. That's kind of how I interpreted it. They are life alert buttons. <sighs> Fitz is getting old, and he doesn't have a wit beast. He's gonna fall. I mean, I think. It's fine, he'll skill heal. It's cool. <laughs> All right, every episode prompts. We are pack character introductions and exits. Be his voice? Be his voice. How do they make B sound in the audiobook? Oh, God. Um, Just like I, normal. It's fine. Gentle, but fine. like enunci- highly enunciated but... words. I'm I wish fine. she talked like. I wish she talked like Mrs. Doubtfire. I talk like this. <laughs> My words are formed Mrs. perfectly for this conversation. Kemp is on the way. Should I should I pull up the voice? Yeah, I was just wondering if it was like a like a breathy child voice or. Does she like, talk like it's not, this? Bre- it's not breathy. Thanks, Father. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. <laughs> I see dead people. <laughs> like Chucky, but with a fancy British accent. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the intro. Ready? Alright. Chapter ten. My own voice. That's not a little girl. This is the dream I love the best. <laughs> I had it once. I've tried to make it come back, but it does not. So it's the same guy that's voicing. It's got a little else, kid but... vibe. I get it. Yeah, yeah. there's like yeah. soft to it. All right. I'm a, I'm a child. Small British orphan. <laughs> Narrated by land. Uh, do we have any intros in this section? No. Hmm. We have we an have exit. Exits. Um, <laughs> Goodbye, Molly. Bye, Molly. 36%. 36% is uh, where I was at in my Kindle book when the book finally started. <laughs> you started the book at Molly dying? That's a little rude. Well, it just feels... You consider this started? We're like 50% through the book. <laughs> no, we're not there yet. It's 36%. It has not begun. 
Molly dies at exactly 36%. So, you know, this is like, it was like a prologue kind of situation. Now, now we got, now we've got like kid with magical powers, kid with, you know, orphan problems, kid with secret tunnels. Like this is it, this is the story, something's going to happen. We've started Maybe. I mean, it'll still take another, like, 40% of the book to get somewhere. At least. Chapter 13 starts at 45%. Just want to put that out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's because 11. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 11 is a third of the book. So we got Animal Assists. Daisy. Daisy. She's cute. I like when she's like, so easy to herd. (laughs) <laughs> those kittens that Fitz deprived his child Aww. of and the bees they were very helpful and swarmed her that was cute do we count the rats that told her where the pantry was I mean that was an assist it's, I mean yeah <laughs> context clues why not so when I when we had that uh, ten days where our landlord uh, allowed roaches to enter into the building, oh, and wow. did he invite them in? <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't bar them from entry, so they came in, right? Because this is New York. It's been fixed now, but for like ten days, it was very sketchy and horrible. And one of the things that I read on the internet to like get over bug fear was to like talk. <laughs> to the bug like it could understand you yeah Yeah. like that had an absolutely completely like opposite effect for me like i don't like it can understand me fuck (laughs) (laughs) it's blatant disregard for everything you said to him how rude (laughs) we live in a society doesn't care no it works once i was um in the basement at work and there was a um kind of grate above my desk and a cockroach fell um onto me from the ceiling and yeah i um stood up i was alone in the office i just said oh my god and i walked to the door and i opened it and i was watching it struggle trying to get back on its feet and i opened the door pointed outside and i just said you know where to go and it left it went i can't explain he was probably it. really story. embarrassed yeah i hope so it was alarming You're horrible that, no blocked it out roaches have feelings too but this is what I feel about the rats, right? Because you don't want to like be stuck in like a crawl space with rats, but the rats can talk to you. Oh, all right. Is that better or worse? Don't eat my toes. Because are they gonna I'll like tell you. you how like tasty you taste when like they start to eat you? Rat Why? The, I think these were I think these were festively like... plump, happy rats. Like they're eating fucking sausages out of the fucking pantry and living in these amazing <laughs> internal passageways built custom. They're wearing for them. tiny little t-shirts and hats. Yeah, and they're fucking booties. sewing dresses okay. at night, bitch. Like they they're not eating little baby children. I have to say that the amount of mouse and rat-based media that we consumed as children has definitely affected me because at at one of our apartments that we had in Brooklyn, I caught a mouse once and I was home alone and I had it under a cup and it stuck its little hand out and and I just, I burst into tears because I was like, I felt so guilty because I was like, but it's just trying to get Timmy's medicine. It just just started singing to you, Solid. 
<laughs> right? That shit out the window. We did. Inside of the walls, I, I, I did. We had I did the rescuers. We had Fival. We had the Rats of Nim. We had, I mean, Ratatouille came later, but. Cinderella. Classic. We had Cinderella. Cinderella. Mickey Mouse. Oh, fuck Mickey Mouse. That voice. Hi, kids. Can I live in your house? The, the, there was the Robin Hood animal, you know, array of animals in that. There were some mice in that that lived yeah. in the church. Lots of mice. Anyway, Red Wall, all that crap. Uh, I don't remember what we were talking about. Fashions from Jumelia. We got that really cute pink outfit. Oh, she looks so cute in that outfit. You know it. Right. The itchier, the more fashionable. She was peak fashion. Sounded terrible with that high lace you know. collar. Yeah, we got we've got some collar and lace stuff happening, and I'm having like a hard time picturing. Like, are we talking like Elizabethan collars or Bob's? Ooh, a big ruff. Yeah. Are they ruffs? Because they're like stiff. I mean, no. I think. I mean, a blouse can have a stiff collar, like a poplin blouse. Okay. So this is more like, I'm a little lad, kind of like. Yeah. Call, all right. Berries and cream. Yeah. <laughs> so not not so much Elizabethan, but more like Victorian or. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm just, I just, you know, I'm trying to picture it. It's a lot because it's like, you don't, I don't often see a lot of monochromatic looks. You know, it's like a lot of. That's why I think it was a fucking fabulous ensemble. I love when people wear like red pants, the red shirt, when you just the full color block. I think she looks stunning. It seems modern. Uh, Roll the maps. Where are we? How did we get here? We're inside the house. We're inside the house. Forever. We can enter. Get in through the false hinge. Yes, we can enter from Fitz's den, his yeah. second office, the secret office, and the pantry. Yeah. And his bedroom, apparently. Well, and we really branched out and went to the stables. Don't forget it. True. And the, the sheep the pens. The disgusting sheeps. Well, they just didn't, they weren't they weren't in great shape. Fitz misery has a moment. The return of does Fitz suck? Now remember, we are rating him on a scale of one to five. Five being the worst Fitz that he could possibly Fitz. Fitz doesn't like. Sheep. I feel like I have to cut yeah. him a lot of slack in these chapters because it's. Mostly I would say like grief. yeah, a although two that... because he's getting a handicap. Although that line to Nettle was pretty fitting. It was dumb. It's like he forgot who she was. Right? Like, that's that, your That line was about a four, but, you know, then he went back to it. Yeah. Too. If Nettle could, like, smite people with the skill at that moment, she might have. Like, she might have mm-hmm. just, <laughs> just popped it. Like, his head would have just exploded. <laughs> he just would have turned in, like, a little poof of, like, a like feathery smoke, like when you blow out a candle. This one. Yeah. Beep. Like what? Like it was just like sirens going off in Nettle's in Nettle's mind. Like because again, she's still she's Fitz's daughter too. She still got that farseer temper. <laughs> she was she was definitely hulking out. I'm proud of her. 
Um, and then finally, buzzwords. How's B doing? The prophecy scorecard. How many prophecies did we hear? At least two, one. three. We heard her one when she was um, getting her tongue freed. Yes, and we then heard she the dropped one when that. Molly died. She dropped that little riddle to yeah. Who is what is what what was that one? That was the when the bee about falls. the butterfly. Yeah, the butterfly returns to. And then there was her favorite dream. Then the favorite dream about running wolves. Oh yeah, yeah. So we have a lot. Yeah, she's doing the work, and she's writing things down. She's drawing pictures. She's really good at memory games. All right. Is that it? I sure guess so. Why are we giving her a creep scale? Do you want to give B, this poor child, a creep scale? <laughs> don't try to guilt trip me because she's I a don't. weird sized child. <laughs> I'll just make my own. I mean, I'm writing I feel it like down for the record. Hiding in a tree and spying on kids is the creepy thing to do as a child. She but should have been beaten. I don't see. I, I don't think that's creepy. It, but little kids. I, that's all little kids want to do is they want to spy and they want to see what older kids are doing. That's why and yeah. Was invented. Is it creepy that she kept her voice hidden from everybody for a very long time? Yes. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> I remember as a child, like this is one of those weird random memories I have of just trying to see if I could sneak down the stairs while my entire family was like, so the stairs were in the living room and trying to sneak down the stairs while... My family was in the living room watching television. Just like to see if I could walk down the stairs. Like did I did you that. Ever like, I have the skills. I <laughs> I think that I I think that I quote succeeded like in the way that like Fitz succeeds when he like gets sneaking around. <laughs> like I think that I nobody cares. gave a shit that I was trying to walk down the <laughs> stairs really slowly. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, Everybody just pretend like you don't Eli see some him. Glasses, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. So on Wednesdays, that's when nine hundred two and O came on, and it came on at eight, and my bedtime was at eight thirty, and so I watched it when I was entirely too young. And if I laid on the floor beside our coffee table, and my mom always was laying on the couch, she couldn't see me, and she would forget about my existence. And so I would be able to, like, stay up late to try to see the full episode of Neto 2 and 0. And, like, probably, like, 50 to 60% of the time she'd remember at, like, 8.45 and be like, Ashley Elizabeth, go to bed. You know, hidey holes. I just, I really need to know what was happening with Kelly and Dylan and Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> Neto 2 and o such, a, such a triangle. Uh... All right, I guess we're done. Okay. Uh, reminder for next reading section will be Fool's Assassin, chapter 13 through 16. We do have some CWs um, for death 
and more death. More death. More death. Hashtag and spoilers. I it's just the way CWs work, but also more importantly, annoying character alert. So Oh, Starling <laughs> is coming back. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> The mo- I know who you're talking about. <laughs> um, who else okay. is annoying? Molly no. died. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. Actually, there are new characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. All right, so Starling's not coming back. All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, this has been Bucky Radio. You can email us at buckybradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email on air. I'm Rachel, and you can follow me at Darth Rachel. I'm Alyssa, and I'm on the internet at alyssamaynard.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faces Fred on Instagram, where there is actually a book related yeah. drawing. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay. I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I'm Joey, on Instagram as Uncanny Robot. So on a scale of so, one to five, how much do you hate Sean? Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> <Wait>, five. <laughs> Six. <laughs> Four hundred. I've only gotten one chapter. Fuck of her. She fucking sucks. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I remember hating her so much that when she was on the page the first time I read these books, I would literally just start skipping pages. Like, I couldn't <laughs> bring myself to read it anymore. I was like, I get it. She's awful and horrible. Like, whatever. Moving on. I don't know. There's a there's just... a part of me that's like, that's drama. <laughs> I, like, I like this drama. If you're in the wall. Okay, so Vanderpump Rules. I have a question about Shun. So, like, they name her Shun Fallstar, but, like, doesn't everybody know that Shade's last name is Fallstar? Doesn't Fitz know that? Well, I know Fitz knows that, but, like, do- don't other people know that? Wouldn't Fitz bring someone named I feel Fallstar like... to his house and be like, this is my cousin? Be like, hey, isn't that the name of Lord yeah. Shade? I guess Yeah, not. no, I feel like his last name is known at this point. He's, like, a famous advisor be right so like that's weird right yeah, it's a little bit weird but most importantly wolf father wolf father is almost here and i am happy i i'm in my reread and i got to the part where fitz gets really angry about lant and shun being shitty to to be specifically for lant being really shitty to her in the in class and mm-hmm. 
when, and it's when B is like, Wolf Father looked at me through his eyes, and I was like, wait, he knows Wolf Father? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, B. It's just normal to just know a wolf ghost that talks to you, connected to no one, that you call your father. It's normal. <laughs> Everyone has that. <laughs> I do. Just so much I, weird oh. shit that she just takes as like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I do. I kind of like that because it also, it does gloss over a lot of details that would be like indicative of what's actually going on. And like in a in a way, you kind of miss things that you might otherwise. It's just the way it's presented is, you know, it's as not a big deal. Night Eyes is like, uh, this child is going to die if uh, you are left to her raising. I'm going to take over. Goodbye. I'm moving out. <laughs> Pack my bags. I found the skill. Going to live inside. Be There's now. a skill bridge here. I'm I'm on it. I'm walking down it. I am I am the dad now. <laughs> I am dad now. Daddy is here. <laughs> I will keep you alive. <laughs> ha- hashtag you dot daddy is here. <laughs> In your mind. Ah. I just, I've said it before, but I really just respect the fact that Robin Hobb was like, well, I got rid of that as, and that was a mistake, so I'm going to bring him back. Yeah, and in a way that's like really... Like, not just replacing with another wolf or, like, doing anything, like, you know, more concrete. That it's really, it really is, like, a memory. You know, like... It's a very strong memory. It's a strong memory, but it feels... it fe- It's a memory that, that's got a whole dad playbook. <laughs> but it feels more respectful because it's not a replacement. Right. You know, without it being a regeneration. It is... It is... It is what it is the one thing that Night Eyes never got to do. True. You know? That was like what well, he tried to. He he like flirted with it. He's like, maybe I could be part of the pack. And then he was like, nah, I'm giving up. That guy won't let me like be alpha. So I mean he did get to raise half, so he has raised a cub. Yeah, but not like Hap was sort of like on autopilot. He's like a Sims character. <laughs> trapped in the bathroom yeah, with a fire sure there's a baby on the floor <laughs> he's a hot sure. dog that's withy woods what and you're describing you're, <laughs> you're like starting at him eight years old and he's already broken and like oh, i can't i can't fix these these things already too far gone well, b is nine yeah, but that's like that's like two in full years. <laughs> in, in white prophet years. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Is it like dog years, or is it more? Uh, no, it's the. I mean, the opposite. It's probably like dog years, in reciprocal. Right. Because, like, how old? How old is the fool? Like right now. Like or maybe even more, because, like, like Prokop's, like, I thought Prokop was, like, a thousand. Well, because Prokop was there when dragons were left. Yeah, and dragons yeah. had not been around for, like, 800 years or something crazy. I don't know where I'm coming up with these numbers, but I, I feel like, in my heart, <laughs> it's, like, a thousand years. <laughs> Just 
real old and he was doing the same thing over and over and over yeah. and over and over again in his tiny little house. I feel like there's some there was some number given somewhere in the serpents, like Yeah. It's like, one of those things where you'd have to do the math. Yeah, like the the serpents were they were like swimming it's been this many for, cycles of the moon or yeah, yeah. Forever. For just a really really long time. Long long enough that nobody remembers anything about elderlings. So it's it's a well, long ass time. They have like a new language now. That's pretty long. Yeah. I did like that when Fitz was describing Bee's bedroom, he's like, "Oh, at least she does have it doesn't have any of those creepy elderling paintings staring at her." <laughs> I'm like Fitz, come but he on. he wanted that he wanted that tapestry back. But my favorite thing about it is the fact that like everybody describes elderlings as like this like these beautiful creatures. <laughs> this is like that creepy fucking thing. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> fuck this guy. This guy's disgusting. <laughs> he just got the uncanny valley. You know, some people they you know some people can't watch animated movies. They just can't. Because it triggers the like, the creep factor mm. in their mind. Well, Fitz is like I feel like Fitz is like me with like the clown thing. Like he would need like you know trigger warning elderlings in his Tumblr tags. Or something. <laughs> no elderlings. Sorry, I'm not trying to like, <laughs> but no elderlings. Well, I mean, I feel Can't like you. It's I feel like the elderlings are like, they're like hot because you're under the dragon spell. And the dragons oh, think they're it's, hot. It's, it's, so if you're only looking at them in a tapestry, it's like, oh, no, I don't like yeah. this. It's just the Baron Harkonnen floating there with its pustules <laughs> yeah. growths. Mm. Let's not talk about pustules yet. <laughs> it's coming. In our, next se- in our next section, we will see our <laughs> <Next> first session. <laughs> like, <laughs> our, our first glimpse of Oh, yes, the dream. I didn't like that. I was like, oh, I never realized this before. No, the... But now I see what this means. Yeah, and the, uh, the, the you can see them moving around in her eyes when she dies. It's really nasty. Well, when, Phil kill, when, when Fitz kills her. Oh, that. that. No, I meant the dream that she has. Oh, that. Yeah, also not great. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy bugs. We should do a creepy bug scale. All right, that's it. That's all I got. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's fair. Good night, bugs. Good night, bugs. Good night, Rachel.